that time again for another episode of Cheesesteaks in the 700 level, episode number 15 coming at you. My name, of course, is Dylan Callahan Crowley, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Austin Mancini. Austin, how are you since we last met last week? Uh, Pretty good. I just obtained a shuffleboard table for the basement so we just got to fix it up a little bit um but that thing should be ready to roll so not much to complain about well i'll have to come over and we'll have to have a shuffleboard and party uh but before we no you'll kick you'll kick my butt i'm i'm terrible it's all right i'm terrible too uh (laughs) though if we're playing a pool or ping pong then i'd kick your butt uh i don't know about that but all right go ahead there's plenty uh well not plenty but Two big topics that we can talk about here today in a rather short episode of the Cheese Sticks and the 700 level. Uh, and that's uh, the news coming out yesterday, uh, Monday, June, what would that have been, 15th, that uh, Eagles offensive lineman Brandon Brooks uh, tore his other Achilles. And then, of course, last week was the MLB draft in which the Phillies had four selections, so we'll go over that quickly as well. Uh, which one do you want to start off with today? Let's go with the Phillies draft. I mean, that's, you know, to shine a brighter light on what's happening with the MLB. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the only bright light going on Major League Baseball right now. Um, I'll get too angry if we go into what all came out <laughs> yesterday about. Uh, we'll talk about the good things, Dylan. About uh, Robert Manfred saying that he can't guarantee a season. We'll see what happens. Uh, but let's, yeah, let's stick to the positives. Last Wednesday and Thursday, that will be held their annual draft. Uh, of course, it usually would be 40 rounds, but uh, due to the owners wanting to cut costs uh, this year uh, with the coronavirus and the pandemic and all, everything going on, uh, it's been shortened to five, which, uh, let's be honest, it's quite BS. But whatever, uh, it's a shame for the players who could have been drafted. But five rounds, the Phillies had four selections. Uh, they had first-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. They, of course, did not have a second-round pick thanks to the signing of, uh, of course, I'm blanking on it right now. Zach, Zach Wheeler. Wheeler. There you go. Uh, who they signed from the Mets. So the Mets got a bonus pick for that signing while the Phillies lost their second-round pick. Uh, but, yeah, let's jump right to the Phillies in the first round. Uh, pick overall number 15, uh, who – um, the last Philly to be picked at number 15 was uh, the one and only Chase Ali. So a lot of pressure on uh, right-hander Mick Abel, who's out of uh, the Oregon, the state of Oregon. Um, who, But uh, Abel, big-time selection here for the Phillies, who usually would go college in the first round, at least in the Matt Klintak era of GM, uh, being a GM uh, they go, however, with a right-handed pitcher, uh, Mick Abel. As I said, he's a six-foot-five guy, about 195 pounds. Uh, but he was regarded as the best high school pitcher in the draft. He was a guy that many didn't think would be there at number 15 for the Phillies. Uh, but with most teams going towards college players, seem thinking they're safer this year. Uh, Abel was able to slide to the Phillies at 15. Uh, the basic scouting report on him is that he has multiple plus pitches he has some crazy movement i think he has a slider and a curveball uh but he has some crazy movement on those pitches he's not afraid to use them uh when he's ahead in the count uh which shows great signs of maturity maturity the fact that he's not going to just 
try to throw a fastball straight past the guy multiple times in a row. You'll see that a lot with high school guys. So the fact that he is willing to go to those other pitches uh, is a great sign already. Uh, Fastball-wise, he's already reached in the mid-90s. And comparisons for him have gone anywhere from Justin Verlander, Steven Strasburg, and Rick Porcello, just to name a few. Uh, so pretty lofty, lofty expectations here for Mick Abel. Uh, and overall, the Phillies uh, said that they think he could be a workhorse in the future. Uh, but how do you feel about drafting a high school pitcher in the first round, uh, Austin? And I mean, what are your feelings overall? I was just picturing, like, I, you know, I don't really f- follow the minors like, you know, like when it comes to these prospects getting drafted because it takes such a long time for you to see them, you know, for them to come up. So, you know, I've been working on uh, looking at that. But when it comes to Mick Abel, and I, the first thing I heard was he throws a 97 miles an hour fastball and he is 18 or, you know, he's a senior coming out of high school or whatever. I just tried to picture you're standing in that batter's box and you're the like you're the leadoff batter for the other team. And this kid just throws gas right past you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's unfair of how good of athletes uh, some of these guys are uh, in in every sport. I mean, it's unf- it's unfair for some kids that they have to go up against a LeBron James when they're in high school. They have to go right, right. they have to go up against a Mick Abel. I mean, of course, there's been other pitchers like Mick Abel, true, or or a Bryce Harper when you're in high school. If you're if you're a pitcher, or... like 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 I honestly was sitting there going, if I'm that kid, I don't know if do do you want to take that at bat or like you telling coach, yeah, I'm done. I'm a coach. I am not even gonna try to hit this kid. But um, to just overall thought on on the pick, if he can turn out to be what they think he can be, I mean the Phillies haven't had a guy like this. Or, you know, like, even when they took Aaron Nola, you know, like, they thought, okay, he's going to be good. You know, like, I don't think everyone thought he was a a guy like this. Like, I don't remember people talking about um, Nola like they did Mick Abel when they drafted him. So, and and the Phillies just in general haven't taken shots on high school kids. Like you said, Glenn Tack's going the safer route. And I think I, it's encouraging to see them take shots like this because it's been the safe approach this entire time with Matt Klintak and this regime. Yeah, I think I, – I agree. I, they definitely have gotten the safer route with college prospects because, let's be honest, college prospects just have that lower bust rate overall. Uh, but it, it is encouraging that there's, there's an outfielder. Uh, let me find his uh, name here. Um, so, um, an outfielder out of UCLA, who was probably a, he's going to be a really good prospect, I think, in my mind. Uh, I can't find his name, but he was going to be a, he's a good safe prospect uh, that I was actually interested in the Phillies taking uh, Garrett Mitchell out of UCLA, and I thought they may go with him there, uh, but uh, and I was a little surprised they didn't because of the safer approach they've had in the past. But the fact that they went out and got Mick Abel, a kid who definitely felt them at 15, the kid was going to probably go top 10 uh, in a regular uh, draft year, uh, especially if he would have had a senior season to play because he hasn't 
pitch at all here in 2020. But the fact that they went after a guy who uh, was possibly best player available overall and are willing to take that risk is encouraging. Um, and it, it, it really is uh, maybe a change of uh, their philosophy a little because this is the first high school pitcher they've taken since 2012 when they took uh, Shane Watson and Mitch Guler both in the first round, both for compensation picks, but still consider first-round picks. Um, but at the same time, you look at the Phillies' history of taking pitchers or high school pitchers in the first round over the last 20 years, let's say. They took Shane Watson and, and Mitch Guler both in 2012. Both of those have turned out to be uh, nothing. Uh, they took Jesse Biddle in 2010. Biddle, of course, didn't work out for the Phillies. He ended up with the Braves. Did reach the major leagues finally, but he hasn't lived up to expectations. Uh, before that, they, you have to go back to 06 where they drafted Kyle Drabeck. Uh, Drabeck would go on to be traded for Roy Halladay, uh, but he didn't end up being anything. Uh, and then before that, uh, the last pitcher who worked out coming out of high school, uh, can you name who? It's not it's not Cole it, Hamels. It is, is Cole Hamels back in 2002. Wow. So the last time the Phillies took a right-handed pitcher, <laughs> not a right-handed pitcher, just a high school pitcher in general out of high school was Cole Hamels, and that was the last one to work out. And I think it's interesting that, I don't know, this draft, because it's not 40 rounds, it made teams really narrow in on, you know, who they want. Yep. I agree. You know, they, they couldn't take as many shots in the dark as they usually do because, you know, that's typically what happens, and I know that's yeah, just what a draft exactly. is. But when you go, hey, we're going to, you know, they, they got a feel for what the NFL does, except, you know, the, the difference is you're not going to see the results immediately like the NFL. Yeah, um, I fully agree. And I think it's uh, it's kind of good, I think, for the – MLB, it, not the kids themselves, you know, because obviously, you know, this could be an opportunity for them, and and it sucks that it's it, it's not, and it's not for a lot of kids. But I don't know. I I found it very interesting that they got a little taste of how the uh, the NFL has to run their league. Yeah, I think it was definitely much. It was a much more different draft philosophy than we've seen in previous years. Obviously, with 40 rounds, uh, maybe not necessarily that first-round pick, but maybe with your third, fourth, and fifth pick, teams are often going to be able to maybe will take a, a shot in the dark on a prospect that not every team knows about, uh, but they think is a hidden gem. But they really couldn't do this year that this year, and you saw that in the first round. I mean, this is all about being safe. Uh, the first seven picks in the draft were all college uh, prospects. I forget the exact stat, but that was the first time in, I think, at least 30 years that uh, none of the first seven prospects drafted were out of high school. And, I mean, you saw some high school prospects drafted in the first round, but still a majority of them came out of college. And overall, you saw that throughout the draft. I think overall there's maybe only 50 guys taken in the first in those five rounds out of high school. Um, and, again, that just comes down to these college prospects you have more tape on. You've seen them up against uh, – more better, e better competition, better competition more yep. even playing fields and against other guys who are probably getting drafted. Uh, so uh, 
it it definitely was interesting to see a different philosophy. And with that, I think it's even more interesting that the Phillies, um, in such a time, changed up their own philosophy and took the best player available. I think part of that is because of the change in their scouting uh, department as they brought in. Uh, let me uh, fi find his first name here. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Brian Barber, who they recently brought in uh, to be their scout director. Uh, so interesting approach there for Lean in the first round. But again, make able, uh, before we move on to the second round pick, or third round pick, I should say, make able, six foot five kid out of uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, multiple plus pitches, uh, mid 90s fastball already. Uh, is expected to be a workhorse pitcher by the Phil at least in the Phillies' eyes in the future, and he's been comped to uh, Justin Verlander, Steven Strasburg, and Rick Porcello. So lofty expectations for Mick Abel. Um, we'll see if the Phillies though uh, get some lady luck here, because uh, with first round pit high school pitchers at least in the first round, they do have high bust rates. Um, but let's move on to the third round. Uh, again, the Phillies did not have a second round pick due to the signing of Zach Wheeler. But in the third round, they kind of made up for uh, not having that second-round pick, and they took a guy who uh, many believe was a first-round talent had the college season been played in its entirety, and that is Arkansas shortstop Casey Martin. Um, Casey Martin's a plus-power shortstop. Uh, at Arkansas, he's actually one of their best power hitters, even over uh, second-overall pick uh, Christian, uh, sorry, Heston Kerstad, who went to the... Uh, Baltimore Oriole, Orioles. Uh, Martin actually for Arkansas. Let's look at his stats here. Um, was a unanimous preseason All-American heading into this year. Uh, preseason going spikes watch list guy, which is uh, basically a uh, top college player. Uh, this year he had uh, 271, hit two home runs and ten and with 10 RBIs, but. Uh, last season, he had 15 home runs, and the season before, 13 home runs. So he, has, he had 30 uh, total career home runs before, uh, just fifth, uh, about 150 games into his college career, uh, and that would have he would have had about 100. I mean, 40 more to play this year before it got canceled. So he was probably looking at about 40 career home runs, uh, if in a full season. But uh, like I said, power hitting shortstop. Biggest question, however, is his bat uh, in terms of. Uh, bad and for average. Uh, he does strike out a ton. Uh, he did have some injury issues, uh, but again, if this kid played a full season this year, uh, he would have probably been a first-round pick. So the Phillies got a potential steal heel, steal here in the third round. Uh, and now they have two really nice uh, shortstop prospects in the last two drafts after drafting uh, Bryson Stott in the first round last year out of uh, UNLV. Yeah, and, and just real quick, you know, it seems like, you know, you mentioned Phillies went uh, best player available in the first round, and I believe they talked to Barber, uh, I think Jim Salisbury did, and he said that Barber felt it was a steal as well, and that they was the best player available, and you look at see you know, there's, they're starting to try to create almost like a farm at shortstop. You know, you had Scott Kingery, um, like you said, Stott, and now you have Casey Martin. So one of them arguably has to hit, 
you know, like one of these one of these draft picks has to turn into something, right? Yeah, you would you'd think. I mean, they they've really attacked that shortstop position over the last five, six years. I mean, even dating back to JP Crawford. Uh and I and I think when it comes down to that, I mean, I know when you get to the major leagues it's a little bit different, but growing up in uh, little league, um uh, Legion ball, whatever you want to call it, in between little league and high school, and then high school. Uh, I mean, where do you, what, where's your best athletes play? Call, uh, shortstop. Yeah, short, 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 short or, yeah, or second base, whichever you know, because they, they cover the most ground. Yeah, short, second. Besides outfield. Yeah, short, second, and center field. So I mean, they they keep going after these premier athletes and guys who uh, have multiple tools. And I mean, right. I almost talked about our their fourth round pick there. Uh, Martin, not only does he have, a, I should say, plus power, but he has plus speed as well. So, I mean, you got two two really good tools right there that are going to pro- hopefully translate well to the professional level. If he can improve his bat a little bit and cut down that strikeouts, this could end up being a huge steal for the Phillies. Yeah, and, and even like when it comes to Kingery, I know, like he's been talked as like a little trade bait even this year, or what was going to be this year. Um, but he's Kingery would be more of Ben Zobrist role, and Ben Zobrist has been doing that for how many years now? So you could even you know have just Casey Martin as the shortstop, and if Kingery turns into a long term asset, you know Kingery could just be a Ben Zobrist utility guy and put him wherever. Agree. I mean. And that and that's that's the best part of these guys. These guys are guys who can play multiple positions. Um, and yeah, if you if you, if you stock the worst, what's the worst that happens? You stockpile a bunch of talented shortstops, and then you use one for trade bait or two for trade bait. I mean, that's the worst that can happen here. I mean, not the worst, but if they all pan right. out, that it's even better. Um, let's move on to their fourth round pick. Uh, they picked another another college guy here, another pitcher as well. Uh, right-handed pitcher Carson Rangsdale out of the University of South Florida. Another big kid, six foot seven. The Phillies have been uh, really going after these really big kids in uh, in the draft uh, at pitcher recently, and uh, it's been working out them for them in the farm system. We'll see if it translates. Um, as these kids move up in the uh, system, but we'll see. But Carson Ragsdale, uh, he is coming off Tommy John surgery and only made a few starts this season before the, uh, COVID shut everything down. Historically, he does have some control issues. Uh, prior to this season, he had uh, 16 strikeouts to 10 walks and then 24 strikeouts to 11 walks. So not very good numbers there, kind of uh, two to one strikeout to walk ratio uh and a little lower there obviously in his freshman season uh but this season um he really came on in his few his four starts he had uh for south florida he pitched himself to a 2.84 era uh, over 19 innings but what really jumps out 37 strikeouts in those 19 innings and just seven walks so a five uh over a five uh ratio for strikeouts to walks and that includes a 10 strikeout performance against the number one team in the country his last start before everything happened uh, where he struck out 10 uh, Florida Gators so definitely a guy who had what looked like a breakout season come for him for South Florida this year and uh, 
it could end up being another steal here for the Phillies. Um, you know who he sounds like to me? Who? And I just looked up his stats. Zach Eflin. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I mean, first of all, the the frame, Zach Eflin, 6'6", 215. Um, the, would you say the strikeouts per uh, inning pitch was? Um, this year it was about 5.29, but uh, for his career it's just about two. Just about two? First um, okay, I was okay because I was gonna say strikeouts. Um, you know, per nine for Eflin's about seven, but well, his strikeouts you know, he per nine the, is eleven point five. Okay, so it's a little. He's a little better than um than Eflin, but you know he didn't. Eflin had the injury history a little bit to um he he was a reliever a little. I believe Eflin, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and last year, you know, you saw Eflin was very streaky, so he had he had control issues too. So, he to me, he kind of sounds like uh, an Eflin type of player, which I honestly, I, I don't mind I mean, Eflin if you get, as if you get an F, fourth. Yeah, if you get a, a Zach Eflin type pitcher right. in the fourth round, that's that's really good. I right. mean, I've heard reports that some people think Ragsdale may be more of a back into the bullpen type guy, which, again, mm-hmm. if you get a bullpen guy in the fourth round, that's fine. People draft – guys in the first round uh, to be bullpen guys. Uh, so that would even be a good pickup. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and, that, and what was Eflin? Eflin was a, a bullpen guy, and then they turned him into a, yep. a, a starter. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, and then I guess the what their last pick there was uh outfielder from Georgia Tech. Dale, I know you yeah. – uh, you got some intel on this guy. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know. You were covering that team for a little bit. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, for those who don't know, I write about Georgia Tech for yellowjackedup.com. And, uh, yeah, so I've been able to watch a bunch of Georgia Tech baseball over the last few years, which has been exciting because they've had a lot of good prospects there over the last few years. Uh, uh, they had Joey Bard, who won number two overall two years ago. Uh, they had another catcher, uh, Colin McCann, who was a fourth-rounder. Um, a couple years ago, uh, but the kid the Phillies selected uh, was uh, outfielder Baron Radcliffe, uh, and uh, let me tell you, Austin, this kid's power is uh, off off the charts. I'm I'm actually going to send you a video right now on Twitter. But uh, in terms of power, this kid's power tool is 80, which uh, again, for those who don't know, in the scouting uh, world, 80 is the highest you can be rated in terms of a tool that you have. Uh, he does, however, have uh, some issues when it comes to strikeouts, just like uh, Casey Marn does. Uh, I can't find that. Sounds like, sounds like someone sounds like, sounds like someone familiar that the Phillies had a couple of years ago, too. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he kind of reminds you of... Uh, a, some people have compared him to a Ryan Howard. And some people compare him to him with Dominic Brown. I mean, if, if we're talking about his pure power potential, he has, I think, 35 to 40 home run potential if he can, if he ever makes it to the majors and is clicking on all cylinders. Uh, he's a true three-outcome hitter. I mean, he's either going to walk, he's going to strike out, or he's going to hit home runs. Is he a patient hitter? or? I wouldn't call him. I because like, because like I, I I know like um, Reese is very patient, but you know towards the end of the year he was striking out a decent amount. 
So, like, is he is he more of a Ryan Howard type, like who's just going to go hack, or is he is he kind of towards Reese more? That's a good question. I mean, uh, like he does. He does. He definitely does have patience in him because he did walk sixty-five times over the course of his career. Okay. I mean, uh, last year he he struck out sixty-eight times in fifty-eight games, but he also walked forty-six. Okay. Okay. This year he was at twenty-three strikeouts in sixteen games, but walked thirteen. So he does have a patient, a bit of patience in him, but he's he will chase some pitches when he doesn't have to. Um, but I mean, he over his career he had nineteen home runs uh, in a uh, one hundred and twelve games, seventy three RBIs, um, and he was really having a good season this year. He was on pace to set his career high in doubles. He already set his career high in triples, and he was probably going to approach a career high in home runs. Um, so I mean, in terms of pure potential, you gotta love it. Uh, but it, and. It, it comes down to him being able to strike out a ton. I mean, they had Dylan Cousins the last few years who was probably the best power hitter in all of minor league baseball, but he just struck out too much. So yeah. if he can str- if he can cut down those strikeouts, I think there's a lot to be excited about here at Baron Radcliffe. Yeah, and, and the Phillies just as a whole, like besides going out and getting Bryce Harper, like they haven't – and Reese's rookie year, you haven't really seen just that sheer power come from a Phillies prospect, and it translate to the major league. So I, you know, I I really hope this kid can you know cut down on the strikeouts, and like you said, just take just attack the ball, and see him become that 30, 40 home run. Yeah, and here hitter. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna post a video, and you can I have a little spiel to go on here quickly about him a little quickly. Uh, but I posted a – you could watch a little bit of his highlights there and tell me what you think. But, I mean, he's a good athlete too. He's He has decent speed, but coming out of high school, he was a two-sport athlete. He had a – I'm not sure what level, but he had, a, I think, at least an, an FCS offer to play quarterback at the college level as well. So he's a really good athlete, and he could be a really nice steal here uh, like Martin. Um, and overall, I mean – I loved the first three picks the Phillies had just off potential. And then they added Radcliffe. I I think this is the best five-round draft that uh, <laughs> the Phillies could have had probably. Well, Dylan, uh, good news. It's the only five-round draft that they've had. <laughs> that, is, that is, well, hopefully. Never know with these owners. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't jinx it, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean – I, what I like is, you know, the, they kind of did what the Philly or the Eagles did uh, this year, and they they took a lot of home run chances. You know, they took a lot of high potential, high outcome, but you know, could be very risky um, draft picks. You know, Phillies with the or the Eagles with the wide receivers this year kind of went with the same approach, but at at some point you got to take those shots, and I, I it it's encouraging to see the Phillies taking the, those shots instead of always going with the safe bet. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the Eagle, the Phillies' approach, I should say, this year uh, was definitely interesting de- considering how uh, everything uh, transpired. And, yeah, I fully agree with you. Uh, now, talking about the Eagles, uh, 
You want to move us? Yeah. Into so our next Brandon Brooks, unfortunately, yeah, so Brandon Brooks has torn his left Achilles. He tore his right one in 2018. Um, this is a major blow to this team. You know, we were looking forward to a high-powered offense this year and all the different run schemes and how fast this offense was going to be. And now, all of a sudden, they're going to have to figure something out, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, my reaction to this when I saw it, uh, I'm sure everybody around here knows the office, but uh, everybody remember when <laughs> yep. Toby returns to the office and Michael yep, turns around? That, you? that Dude, was my reaction. And, and I just don't. That was my reaction. It's every year. It's been every year for the last it's what three every, years that something year. has happened. Three years that something has happened. And I mean, outside of Carson, because I feel like it's just a quarterback going down is. Usually, when you don't have Nick Foles, is the hardest position to replace. Uh, this was the one injury the Phillies, I mean, the Eagles. No, I, I agree. I mean, no, I, I agree. They, they. Anybody but maybe Lane could have went down this year on the offensive line or the defensive line. And I would still have yeah, some and, confidence. But Brandon Brooks yeah. is legitimately. The biggest game changer. On yeah, and I didn't know. I heard. I heard this stat um, today too that uh, the Eagles went are zero and six when Brian, Brandon Brooks doesn't play at least fifty snaps in a game or misses a game. Which sorry, fifty. That should be fifty percent. So, but still, it's it's scary. You know, an offensive lineman shouldn't have that big of a impact. Now, they did have. He did go down, and he – I'm trying to think of who came in last year against Seattle. Um, Was it Andre? No, I can't think of it. Um, but anyway, yeah, Matt Pryor. Oh, Matt Pryor? Yeah, Matt Pryor came in, and he, and he played pretty well for what you need to expect. Um, yeah, But I don't know if I'm comfortable with Brand, with uh, Matt Pryor coming in and – holding that job um but brandon has had you know for all that we want to talk about car you know people want to talk about carson having an injury history um brandon brooks is right there with him if we want to you know if people want to label carson as um injury prone not that not that you know i want brandon brooks to have an injury history like this or anything but he tore like i said he tore his left achilles this year he tore his right one in 2018 and he separated his shoulder in 2019 so and it's the the the, the biggest unfortunate part about this one though is uh well the, he suffered that first achilles injury against the saints yep. in the playoffs 2 years ago yep. but that was early that was late enough early enough in the calendar year that he was able to recover and still get back in time for the season that, that he, his entire season. This yeah. Year, I even, I even did the math gone. and eight months from now, because eight months is when he was the timeline. He came back last, last time um, was eight months. And I know it's an eight to 12 month recovery. Eight months from now is February, yep. which means he is not playing. Yep. So, so, um, like we said, the Eagles are 0 and 6. Um, when he doesn't play at least 50% of the snaps, at least 50% of the snaps, 41 and 23, by the way, when he does play. 
Dylan, I brought I brought this question up earlier to you before we started recording. You know, I'm I just started thinking about it on my way home today. Should we be concerned at all with when Howie decides to give players these early extensions? And I know I know he can't, you know, foresee the future in a Howie crystal ball, but for example, Alshon Jeffrey, they gave him that extension. Then they guaranteed his money for the 2019 or the 2020 season, and he gets a Liz Frank injury. Um, With the case with Brandon Brooks, his contract, he would have been able to play this whole year and they wouldn't have had to worry about extending him. And now, you know, and then how he decided to give him money, which he was having a fantastic year. So, you know, you can't really blame him. But do you think it would have benefited them more if he? waited to give the contract like you know what i mean like like obviously uh, obviously the answer yeah, like, yeah, is no probably yes obviously, because okay he just tore his achilles but you know what i mean like it it bit him once to give that early extension it 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 does seem that how he gets bit a lot on these extensions and i don't know if i can blame him like the alshon jeffrey one is interesting because I mean, you compare Alshon's three seasons in Philadelphia to what he's done in Chicago, and they're they're about in the middle of the pack in terms of his best years for his career. I mean, his best year as an Eagle is 2018, right? That was the third best year of his career, but the year before that was his uh, fifth, sixth best year ever and last year was his second worst year ever so I mean I think giving Alshon an extension and guaranteeing money was a little early but I think that was out of dire need to lock up somebody that they thought could be a number one receiver going forward obviously that also has backfired Um, Brandon Brooks I I I can't blame him at all for anything with that. When Brooks is healthy, I think he's the best player at his position in the NFL, and he has an argument to be the best overall offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe so. Maybe I, lane, I mean, like maybe. I put their you know lane with him right there, and some people will put yeah. um, not Travis Frederick, the other one on uh, Dallas. They might put him up there, but no, I agree. He, you know, for, especially through all what Brandon Brooks has been through, you know, he's done nothing but fought and, and you got to give him credit for the, for the mentality he's had too. I mean, he, you know, when he was asked right after, you know, it happened, he said, you know, I'm going to be back better than ever. You know, I'll be back just to see, but it's just a little, you know, it, it just concerns me a little bit that, Especially that how he could have waited if he wanted to. Yeah, I think I think Howie may have become a little bit more conservative giving these out. Uh, I mean, uh, they you had to give out Carson's, which is understandable, and yeah, nobody's gonna argue about that. Uh, but I mean, think thinking on the roster right now, I there's nobody that I think deserves a early contract extension no i mean no i mean it's too early for miles i mean is the problem what, i was thinking you're, but you're you're, you're yeah you're it's too early for miles but 
You think about the defensive guys. Fletcher. He's going to be, what, 30... What? 31? Yeah, I mean, Fletcher's 31. getting old. He's still... He's only going to be Barnett 30 this year, which is anything. nice. Uh, Barnett hasn't proven anything. Barnett hasn't proven anything, but Fletcher's... I don't know when Fletcher's contract is up at the top of my head, but by the time that's up, he's going to be prob... He, he's going to be... 32-33, so you're going to want to see how he's yeah. playing at that level. Uh, hold on, then. Brandon Graham, it, may, this might be his final year in Philly. Who knows? Any year could be his final year. Uh, but outside that, there's no young player that I look at and say they need to lock him up right now. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what Howie was trying to do at the uh, – end of the season remember when he said we got to get younger that's i think this is exactly why is he sees that there really isn't anyone any studs besides like we said carson and miles we before we can definitely say he's a stud you got to see what he can do in year two and and three but but and you know you got to see what regular can do but as of right now there like you said there aren't really any and and what sucks is Derek Barnett like Derek Barnett should, he should be the one where that we're going. He deserves a contract extension. He deserves the you know a three year four year deal. But he has for the what was he the thirteenth pick. For the thirteenth pick, he hasn't really panned out to be what everyone was hoping. Yeah, I agree. And actually, there's only one guy that I'd actually probably ex- Nate Gary. extend long term. Nate Gary. <laughs> yep, Nate Gary. And uh, and I forgot he was even signed. He's already been signed long term, and that was a Jake Elliott. And, and I wouldn't. I don't even know if I would do Jake. Oh, I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I would probably. I would probably lean uh, Dallas yeah. Goddard because I think. I think, if we're being realistic, I. I don't know if we're gonna have uh, much of a. Zachary yeah, I'm. I'm. In I want to say I'm ready for that, but that you know, and that's a whole different. I'm not ready for that, but as as a, an emotional year. Eagles fan, because I think Ertz is. Ertz made. He's a whole of this generation of Eagles, like 2010, 2010 to 2019. <coughs> I think Ertz may be my favorite Eagle. I. I gotta look at the the list to be able to to be able to confirm, nor deny. But but yeah, her, but her just, her just been on yeah, I'm time, I'm but. prepared, and I think I've been prepared since last year for because of Dallas Goddard. You know the flashes I've seen um, for the departure of Zach Ertz. I know it's going to be sad when he does, but they they have to take advantage of when he is older. You know, like. The tipping point where right before he starts declining, that is when and and I know he doesn't take a lot of hits because he doesn't allow himself to. But they you know they drafted Dallas Goddard. They got to see what he's got. But you know that's a whole Zach Ertz Dallas Goddard combo is a whole different discussion there. But uh, talking talking to the extensions then again, yeah, I think I think it's definitely hurt in the past. There's definitely been some that have panned out. I mean, he. I'm trying to think who he has and ha- who or who wasn't uh, extended under him because I forget who was extended under Chip. 
But obviously some guys have worked out, some haven't. Uh, I don't really blame him for the misses. Um, I think the only one that you could really question is Alshon. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and even then yeah, when Alshon was then, extended, we were all okay Alshon with it. So okay with it's more of, I think, so the the money slash hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, hindsight twenty twenty then, because I mean, uh, Eagles technically won the Super Bowl in the twenty seventeen season, correct? Yeah. 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 I mean, his twenty eighteen season was better than his twenty seventeen. Yeah, season. and it was, and even twenty seven, you know, twenty seventeen, he he really came on at the, you know, him and Carson started to really come on towards the end of the year, and even Nick, yeah. you know, that I still that touchdown. Catch was incredible in the Super Bowl. But he signed that extension True. before the playoffs even began that year. True. And I mean, that is his third worst season in terms of yardage. I don't know, man. It's how it's. I don't know, man. And his worst season in terms of catch percentage. Like, I know he had a great playoff run. But he got that extension before the playoff run. I mean, he deserved, I mean, you know, we finally felt. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna hate on him because he brought. He helped bring a Super Bowl to Philadelphia. But definitely in hindsight, it it was an interesting decision. Uh, but I think that's it, and I'm actually gonna get a. I'm actually gonna phone call, so I think I have to scram, pretty fast. So do you want to end this for us and? Uh, we'll talk to everybody again. Yeah, later. sure. So, um, don't forget everybody to subscribe and give our podcast a five star review. Even you know, just leave a little review. Let us know you know any questions or even any comments. We'd love to answer anything if you like. Um, but thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time.